0: Can't I just Google Wing It business plan? I mean, can't I just find that business plan template on on Google?
1: You could try, (laughs) and then you're going to get a really fun phone call from me where I'm going to say, you know, this is a really great shop, but let's give it another try.
0: The Great Independent Podcast, powered by Pacific Crest Insurance where independent insurance agents and industry leaders talk about the highs and lows of starting and running a successful agency. Learn the common trends and struggles of
2: independent insurance agents. Go to pacificcrestinsurance.com for more on how to be a successful independent insurance agent. From this week's episode of The Great Independent, Marcus and I opened a discussion with Kaylin Miller at Pacific Crest about new agents and their expectations on appointments. We also take a look inside what happens behind the scenes when a new agent joins an alliance. Kaylin has a ton of experience and shares some insight that can help anyone looking to go independent. If you're looking to become an independent insurance agent or know someone who is, reach out today to Pacific Crest Independent Insurance Alliance. Our agent advocate will listen to all of your needs and answer any questions or concerns that you might have about the process and your qualifications.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. This episode, we are talking to Kaylan Miller from Pacific Crest Insurance Alliance, and uh, the topic of today's show is to let her Have a minute to discuss a little bit about behind the scenes what happens what goes on with the appointing process so agents know what to expect when they come on board with Pacific Crest. Uh, Kaylin wears a lot of hats around here so uh, welcome to the show Kaylin how are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you Marcus?
0: Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. We're uh, really excited to uh, learn a little bit about what happens behind the scenes, what goes on. I know there's a lot of agents out there that have a lot of uh, questions to ask about their appointments, what appointments will they be getting, how long will it take, um, what to expect, what types of things that might be uh, hurdles to jump over that you've come across in the past, things like that. Um, That's that's kind of the point of the show. So, Um, let's just kind of dive right into it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you started here with Pacific Crest and and how long you've been here?
1: So I started at Pacific Crest just over five years ago. I got this job as an internship through Boise State while I was attending there. I started as a very part-time office assistant, um, just helping with mail and cleaning up different office procedures. And it eventually grew to where I joined the licensing department with Priscilla Morales, and we redefined a lot of processes. And that was at the time that Pacific Crest started really growing really fast. We started growing in multiple states, bringing on a lot of new agents, one right after the other. So we really had to refine our processes and get our relationships with our carriers really well established so that we could get the appointments the agents were needing in a timely fashion. Um, So you kind
0: of naturally just kind of progressed into another position because you kind of started at the right time. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I kept going to Sean with a lot of ideas on how I thought things could be better and how we could be more efficient with things. And he listened. And that's how I kept growing up in the company.
0: That's kind of the nice thing about Sean is I, you know learned over the years is he's a really good listener and he understands that he's got to have a good team on his side to uh, kind of point him in the right direction so he can make the right decisions and how to grow. Um, So that makes a lot of sense. So eventually you end up progressing into the position that you're in right now but as I understand it you still do wear a lot of hats.
1: I do, I still oversee the licensing department. Um, I am the agent's first point of contact after they're done recruiting. Once they sign contracts, I'm the first person to reach out to them, to get them set up with carriers. We have a conversation about what they're looking for from Pacific Crest and what we can offer them. And this part of the process gets a little uncomfortable, I think, for the agents. They feel like I'm getting really personal and really deep into their business. Um, But I have to have a good understanding of who they are, where they've been in the industry, industry where they've been in life to be able to know what we can offer them so sometimes when they feel like I'm prying I'm trying to get a good understanding of who they are so I can really be their advocate for the carriers to be able to get them the appointments get it for them in a timely fashion and to try and make sure no appointments come back denied
2: what are sorry what are some of those questions that you're asking or what are some of those things that you're looking for that you think will help them with carriers
1: so some of the things that I ask that they get uncomfortable with is you know what is your credit history like if you've got bankruptcies or tax liens those are things that carriers especially preferred carriers like to shy away from Um, I think they feel like it shows a little bit of lack of responsibility on the agent side and they're not necessarily comfortable with someone with a lot of blemishes in their background representing their company and being the face of their company for the insureds um, we also have to talk about their criminal history, which I know can be embarrassing for a lot of people. Um, so if you've had you know, any convictions or anything like that, I have to know about them, and I have to know about them upfront so that we can better position you to get the appointment Um, honesty is always the best policy when it comes to the carriers if you omit something from me and then the carrier comes back and asks me about it that's never going to be a good look for you and a lot of times it's really hard to get that appointment for you once the carriers come back and found something you didn't disclose
0: yeah I mean so if I was just to jump in right there I think that um what I'm hearing you say Caitlin is that it's It's not necessarily a no just because you might have a bankruptcy um, recently or you might have some collection activity on your uh, credit uh, or maybe you've gotten maybe even a DUI or something like that. I mean, people make mistakes, right? I mean, things happen in life and uh, it's not just a a, a no. So there are things that we can do oftentimes to... uh, correct those things or try to negotiate with the carriers um, speak on uh, their behalf so that we can vouch for them Uh, but we have to know that information because if we don't and they find out later on, then it will be a no because then they believe that we're pulling the wool over their eyes in some way. Is that what I'm getting from you?
1: That's exactly what I'm saying. And that's one of the best things about joining Pacific Crest is we have such strong relationships with our carriers that if I go to a carrier and I go to bat for you, they will nine times out of 10 listen to me and take my advice when I say this agent is a great agent and I think they'll do well with your company.
0: I think what's cool about this topic, too, is that, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy that originally gets to talk to people here, you know, when they come on board. So I instigate that relationship. In most cases, it's uh, the first conversation that they have with somebody here with Pacific Crest. And I do everything I possibly can to talk to uh, um, prospects about their backgrounds and where they want to go and what's important to them and try to get as much information and learn as much about them as possible. But uh, that's, a, that's a very um, uncomfortable conversation to begin with. And then when it's the very first conversation, a lot of times people don't feel um, compelled to share every little last detail about themselves until they get comfortable with the company. So by the time they come on board with a contract and they're ready to go and start the process, now it's, you have to deliver on what information it is that we need to know. There's just no, there's no avoiding it. So if they can give it to me up front, that's even better, right? Then I can relay it to you, Uh, but uh, that's, Reiterated on your end because not everybody is always forthcoming with every minor detail during the process of onboarding.
1: Correct. And I think for a lot of them, they feel embarrassed about it. But what I want agents to understand is what they tell me and what they disclose is confidential. It doesn't go anywhere. So while you might have a blemish on your record, that's fine. We're not going to judge you for it. That's not what we're here for. We're here to make you as successful as we can. Sure. And so I need agents to be honest about it, but that's as far as it goes. It doesn't go anywhere else and you won't be judged for it here. Cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. Um, so once, once an agent signs an agreement with Pacific Crest, how long can they expect to, uh, get contacted from your team on the appointment process, how long does it take usually?
1: So my goal is always to reach out to an agent either by phone or email within 48 hours of them signing a contract. Um, I want to make sure we're getting off on the right foot and that they know Pacific Crest is here for them. So the first contact that they'll get is an email welcoming them to Pacific Crest. I introduce myself as um, the licensing coordinator and that I'm here to help. I kind of lay out the next steps of, you're going to be receiving a lot of paperwork. I've pre-filled a lot of it for you, verify accuracy of information, answer background history questions and things like that. And this is the part that I don't think a lot of agents see, is how much time really goes into completing the paperwork for them. How
0: much does go
1: into it? So for a normal agent um, in any given state, I probably spend at least six hours of prep work on paperwork for them before they even see any of it. Um, so I verify what states are they licensed in, what do they specialize in, what is their history like? And from that information, we kind of customize a group of carriers that we think they're gonna do well with, um, appointment-wise and writing business-wise. And then I go through, I compile what we call their appointment portfolio. I fill it out with as much information as I can that I get from the agent, like their basic name, address, agency information, social security number, date of birth, all of the heavy lifting for the paperwork I do. And I do that before I send it to them to try and make their onboarding easier um, and not as intimidating for them. Um,
0: so it's much like say, closing on a house or something like that. There's for the most part, you know just fill in the blank here, sign here. you've done a lot of the a lot of the heavy lifting to begin with,
1: exactly, and so, so the
0: documents are filled out accurately. But you did say something I want to kind of go back and reflect on because in my experience here, I've noticed that that's kind of one of those um, subjects that gets discussed a lot is you know understanding what carriers they will get, right? And you said that we try to put together a package of carriers that makes sense for their situation, their situation um, taking into consideration, their geographic location, um, taking into consideration the style of business that they want to write, taking into consideration the appetites of the carriers at that time, things like that, right? So how do you, how many carriers typically will you give a new onboarding agent?
1: So I will normally give them about 15 to 20 carriers, and it'll always be a good mix. You'll have um, at least two preferred carriers in there um, if you can get them, depending on your background history. Some non-standard, some commercial. If the agent is life-licensed, we always set them up with life carriers. Um, Just a good range of carriers that should be able to fit any kind of business that walks in your door. Um, so that you're set up. And what you get up front is never a final and complete list. We've got a lot of carriers at Pacific Crest that want to see tenured agents. They want to see a sample profile of business. So they'll wait to appoint agents until they've been with Pacific Crest for a little while or have written a decent amount of policies on the books where they can see the profile of business you're writing. Um, do you write preferred clients? Do you package your business? Do you write non-standard and it's mono-line? What What is your retention like? Right. Um, do you write a lot of no-hit drivers? Do you... And you then know? on our
0: side, you know, obviously taking a look at the agent, you know, having that that uh, period of time to reflect back on and see what, what their, uh, you know, day-to-day organization looks like in the management system, are they putting in the, the documents that are necessary so that they have, uh, you know, their ENO is covered are they following up on, on messages coming back from carriers for signed docs and things that are um, out, you know, still outstanding and, and need to be taken care of before the policy can be bound. Um, all of that kind of stuff is helpful for us to go back and reflect on so that we can feel comfortable giving them access to more preferred carriers, right?
1: Correct. Definitely.
0: And, yeah. So, and I, and I try to talk a little bit about that when, you know, I'm speaking with agents in the very beginning uh, stages of our relationship, but again, I, I want to reflect back on the reason why we're having this podcast is because quite frankly, in that very beginning of the, the relationship, um, I, I find oftentimes that agents are really more focused on hearing what they want to hear instead of hearing what it is that I'm trying to say. And uh, that's why it's so important that we have several phone calls and we bet our agents, you know, diligently to make sure that we're a good fit. But even still, that whole process, there's so much information to understand that it's hard to digest at all. Uh, you know, it's like drinking out of a fire hose. You just can't digest it fast enough.
1: Well, exactly. And that's one of the best things about Pacific Rust, and that's why agents, you need to understand that we really offer a benefit for them as an agent on your own to try to go out and get all of these appointments on your own. It would take you months and trying to contact the right rep, trying to get the correct paperwork, filling it out the correct way. I mean, things like this only come with practice and I can get done in a week what it would take your average agent out in the field trying to do it on their own, maybe six months or more. So we're really cutting down on the agent's workload to get them up and writing as fast as we possibly can. How long
0: does that period usually take, Caitlin? I mean, what what can I expect? If I'm an agent and I want to come on board with Pacific Crest, you know, how soon will, will I start writing business?
1: So it's all gonna depend on the agent, um, how quick they can get me information. So my first step is I will reach out to you within you know, 48 hours of you signing a contract. It'll be a welcome email. On that email, there's a link to get all of your basic information that I need for appointments. Um, I give you a sample marketing plan because a lot of our carriers wanna see who you are and they wanna hear it in your own words. Um, once I get that back, it'll take me probably about six hours to create your appointment portfolio. I send it out to you. If you get that back to me you know, within a day or two, you'll be able to write within a week. Cool.
0: And hey, anybody who's listening to this podcast, I want to kind of shout out to you. And, and if you're interested in Pacific Crest and you're, you're, you're thinking about you know, coming on board and, and uh, starting your own agency, this is, a good, this is kind of a good stopping point in this interview or in this podcast to say it's it's of the utmost importance that you keep the lines of communication open when you do come on board with Pacific Crest because uh, our team, you know, Kaylin, Priscilla, the rest of the team, Gigi, everybody here is really trying to get in touch with you um, to, I guess the word would be, you know, uh, expedite the whole process as fast as possible um to get you on board so if if they're reaching out via email and um, they're not getting communication back it's going to be tough for them to do their jobs right
1: Definitely. And our goal is to get agents up and writing as fast as we can, because we know in the insurance industry, if you're not writing, you're not making money. Why are you in this industry if you're not making money?
0: Right. And there are some, and so I want you to elaborate a little bit. There are some carriers that, quite frankly, we're at the mercy of whether or not they will appoint the agent, right? But you kind of know a little bit about whether or not there's a high probability that they'll get that appointment or whether or not they'll get denied, um, just from your experience, right? But it's ultimately up to the carriers. There are some carriers, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, uh, but there are probably some carriers that quite frankly, we can just turn the code on for the most part. We just call the carrier, uh, introduce a new agent, and they give us a subcode.
1: Correct, so a lot of them, and those are the appointments that'll come back really fast. Because you're with Pacific Crest, you automatically get access. You don't have to meet with a rep. You don't have to jump through any hoops you join. You've got that carrier. There's some other carriers where, especially in areas that is oversaturated with agents, it takes a little bit of massaging of the relationship with the rep. And I talk to our reps on a daily basis. So I always know what's going on in the fields and different parts of the countries. I know what they're looking for so I can really better position the agents to get that appointment.
0: Right. There's a a lot of questions I'm sure that people have, you know, over this entire process, but if if you were to kind of just summarize what will, what would those questions that you see the most be and, and maybe address those questions, maybe give us two or three questions that you probably see the most.
1: So one of the most asked questions is, if an agent has staff members in their office, why do they have to be set up with the carriers? Um, A a lot of agents find this to be a headache for them. They don't want to do extra paperwork. Um, but what they don't realize is if that person is writing or quoting or issuing business with that carrier, they're acting as an agent. And to protect our carrier relationships, we have to disclose everyone in that location to the carrier. Um, And this is really good really for your staff. It offers the carrier more insight into your office, what they can provide to you. If you've got multiple people in there, do they need to send someone out there to do in-person training? Um, You know, what kind of business flow can they look for from you? kind of business are you writing? Are they a good fit for you?
2: I think that kind of goes back to, to what you said earlier about creating a good marketing plan and making sure that um, you know it's it's not all Kaylin and Pacific Crest on this end just doing it all for you and they're gonna plug it in and then you're gonna be able to, to go out and write business, right? You have to have a really good plan and know that you're now a business owner and that you have to have your stuff in order and A, that looks better for the carriers, right? But B, that's gonna help you in the long run because you are gonna be a better business owner and have a higher likely, or, you know, higher chance of, of getting some of those carriers and being more successful.
1: Definitely, and i found agents who actually spend time and go through the marketing plan, it really helps them evaluate their agency and what they want their agency to do. And it's really driven agents in a different direction to be more profitable, really think about, You know, retention plans, cross-sell campaigns, things that really make a business great and make an insurance agency last instead of, I'm just going to pick up the phone book. I'm going to advertise on Facebook. That's great. You can do that. But what are you going to do to keep that business? What are you going to do to get those carriers, you know, for those preferred clients? How are you really going to run your business?
0: Can't I just Google Google? wing it business plan. I mean, can I just find that business plan template on, on Google? You
1: could try, <laughs> and then you're gonna get a really fun phone call from me where I'm gonna say, you know, this is a really great shop, but let's give it another right. try.
0: Well, that's a great point, right? So, um, you know, I'm not trying to be too light because this is a very important thing to, to um, cover is that if if an agent gets denied their business plan by you first, And you send it back to them and say, please, you know, make some changes, don't take it personally, right? I mean, we're trying to do everything that we possibly can to help you, and you kind of already know what it is that the carriers are looking for, right? But we don't want to coach that business plan into um, being a templated thing that is our business plan. We want it to be your business plan and we want you to follow that business plan, right? Because we don't want to just apply you for a carrier appointment on the premise that you have used some type of a canned business plan that we believe will get you the appointment. That's not who we are, right? So we want you to communicate with Kaylin or Priscilla or whoever it may be to help to teach you a little bit about what your business plan and model should look like in order to be successful. I mean, they want to lean on your experience.
1: Definitely. And we always talk, or I will always talk through the business plan with an agent when I send them um, kind of a guiding template. It's not a plug and play document at all. It's something that, it takes a lot of thought and it takes time to complete. But I ask questions and I get to know your agency. So when I send back a revision and I say, you know, you should really add biographies about your staff members, it's because I think your staff is great. I think they're really a value add for your agency. And if you elaborate on that, it adds another dimension and adds depth to your agency that carriers want to see. Sure.
2: But the business plan shouldn't just be a tool to get the carriers either, right? It should be a blueprint, and a template for you to run your business on and not just to start out but to refer back to later on in the future if yeah, you
0: that's uh, the point I think I was trying to make too, Zach, and you hit the nail right on the head. You explained it much better than I I did. We don't want we don't want to just put you in a in a plug and play environment just because we can get the appointment for you.
2: We're, we yeah, we're not. Successful. Yeah, we're not here to, to just get the appointments for you and and set you free, right? We want to help you be a good business owner and a good insurance agent, and not just from the beginning, but all the way throughout the process, even when you have become successful years down the road. Right.
1: Definitely.
0: What are some other questions that you run into, Kaylin?
1: Some other questions I get is, a lot of it involves non-compete. So a lot of agents come to us from different situations. They come from captive carriers or other independents where they may not have purchased their book of business and they might not always understand the language of their non-compete. And so when an agent does have a non-compete, we really, we emphasize on that um, and we let them know. Follow the rules. Yeah, we don't, we don't play that game. It's no, never. In your agreement, it's black and white. And we're not Um,
0: attorneys, right? So we're not their legal counsel, so we're not going to counsel any agents uh, for that matter on what to do or how to get around an agreement or how to um, follow an agreement for that matter. I highly recommend that you reach out to your legal counsel to to get advice on what you can and cannot do, but like Caitlin is saying right now, we have a very hard and fast rule, which is we do not tolerate agents um, moving business from their old relationships to the new relationship with us, Um, especially if they do have pre-existing contractual obligations like non-competes.
1: Exactly. So that's one thing I would advise agents when they're looking to join Pacific Crest, if you are under contract with someone else, review that contract, know what you can and cannot do before you move forward just to make sure you're in the clear. Right.
2: This makes it easier for everybody instead of putting extra hurdles in the way of the already arduous process that, you know, you guys have to go through and they have to go through.
1: Exactly. And
0: quite frankly, I, I really don't think that, um, uh, it doesn't take long before that agreement usually is gone. You know, usually they're about twelve months in most cases, and you know, twelve months goes by really fast. It's, at the end of the day, it's not that important. Um, it's not that big of a um, factor in building your agency. Twelve months will go by fast. Uh, just do the right thing and uh, write new business um, as it comes through the door. And, you know, as it lands on your desk, just, and at the end of your non-compete, what you choose to do is, is your business, right? Um, well, that's great. I mean, those are some really good questions, Kaylan. I mean, those are a lot of topics that, obviously, we discuss a lot around this office. I know that, uh, you know, there's... The whole point of these podcasts is to kind of give some insight to what's going on behind the uh, curtain here with Pacific Crest because not everybody gets to come out here and meet us and uh, look and see what happens in the day-to-day operation but I know that your uh, team, uh, you and your team do a great job and uh, work. Very hard and there is a lot of buzz coming out of that office and that usually means there's a lot of workload to do and uh, (laughs) I'm just the guy that gets to talk to them originally on the phone and then I pass them off to you um, and I I know that I'm putting them off and you know handing them off into uh, good care so um, I encourage any agent any prospect that's looking at Pacific Crest uh, interested in our opportunity to uh, reach out, give us a call, and uh, talk to us. There's um, you know, a lot of people that work here, everybody obviously wears a lot of different hats, but uh, everybody here is very helpful willing to answer questions, and even during the uh, vetting process of just learning about Pacific Crest, I know that I pulled you into the conversation several times, uh, KLN, when I've been talking to agents and, and uh, brought you in for, you know, your expertise to discuss some of the topics that come up, some of the questions that come up. Zach, you know, on the marketing side of it, you know, obviously uh, you have a plethora of um, information at your disposal that you can kind of add to the conversation if people have questions about marketing Uh, we have a we have an entire team here so highly recommend that you reach out give us a call you'll probably get me first on the line and then uh, if you come on board then next thing you know you'll be talking to kaylin or priscilla or Gigi or even zach Uh, so thanks for tuning in to today's podcast kaylin thank you very much for joining us and shedding some light on those topics and uh, we look forward to our next show
2: Thanks for joining us this week on the Great Independent Podcast. Check back every couple of weeks for a new episode on a topic that can help you, the insurance agent, on everything from commissions to technology.